0: sources cuban is beside himself driving around downtown dallas begging through texts jordan's family for the address to deandre jordan's house
1: we crushed them on the basketball court and we're going to for years because of the way we built this team we're light years ahead of probably every other team in the structure in planning and how we're going to go about things
2: anything is possible
1: Welcome back to Backboard of the Rings. We're here to talk some NBA as usual on this show. I'm joined by, he thinks he's the future face of the podcast, it's Shellen, a.k.a. Eric. Hello.
0: Hello. I, I, you're <laughs> correct. I am the future face of the podcast.
1: <laughs> and I'm also joined by a guy questioning the principles of verticality. It's Bayorn, a.k.a. Dan.
2: I'm uh, two years away from being two years away from being the face of the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, I'm Bart Lee, and you can send all of your fines to uh, Brad Ferbringer, routing number 90. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, as I said, we're here to talk basketball a little bit different. Uh, This episode, we're going to talk about uh, this proposed tv show from netflix that the nba is going to be doing and we're going to make our picks for who we want to be on the show um eric i guess do you want to explain what these types of shows are people haven't seen them before
0: Uh, sure so yeah netflix uh kind of got or has always been into the documentary game a bit but uh drive to survive where they started following formula one racing i think like five years ago or so now um, really exploded in popularity for them, which in turn caused Formula One to really explode in popularity in the United States um, by comparison to what it had been before. So it's, it's kind of standard issue stuff. They just follow around the teams throughout the season. Um and they get pretty good access to behind the scenes stuff, as well as day of races and like the personal lives of the the drivers and that sort of thing. Um, and it was really great. Like Drive to Survive is is quality TV. You should definitely watch it, even if you don't care about auto racing. It's I think a, a honestly really fun watch. Just the cast of characters there is hilarious. I agree. Um, but then, with with the success of that, they started branching out a bit into a lot of other sports as well. You know, we've had um, they've done some tennis ones, some PGA Tour, they've done the Tour de France, they have done uh, followed a couple quarterbacks through the NFL, and now they're going to be following some NBA players. So that you know, I think they're they've had various degrees of success with some of their other ones, but it's it's all basically the same format of they choose a handful of people to follow for a full season and kind of just show us the highlights of it some of it's played up for dramatic effect so like if you're a big fan of the sport uh, when you watch it back you know you're they're hamming up some of the drama and stuff to yes. make it more yeah. appealing to a mass audience but it it's pretty compelling if you are not a huge follower of the sport to kind of get this little slice of life into you know the pga tour or, or whatever since if that's not something you regularly follow
1: yeah so it's like a Sort of like a documentary, but not really. It's it's sort of like a season in the life of through the eyes of certain uh, people, usually. Uh, yeah. So they're gonna do that with the NBA. The five players that they announced are going to be LeBron James. Ever heard of him? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, and a little surprising, uh, Demontis Sabonis are going to be the five players that Netflix has picked to follow during the season. Uh so we are going to pick so we've all brought five players. Uh asterisk, Uh as the host of the show I have a list of over 20 that I, that <laughs> I was <laughs> I have picked five, but I have brought uh I've categorized people. This is what being the host lets you do is cheat. So uh, uh Sure. Um so we're gonna we've all brought five players and then we're gonna basically tell everybody who we think would be fun, and at the end we're gonna pick uh the backboard five, I guess or whatever you wanna call it, that we would think would be fun to have on the show. Um, I guess one thing I'm usually pretty good about uh lay, laying out the rules of things beforehand so everybody knows. I forgot to ask you about this one. Did you guys pick anybody of these 5 players? Did you avoid these 5? Um,
0: I avoided those 5.
2: Okay. I avoided them and I don't know. I I the one that I will say that I really agree with and I would Looking forward to seeing is the Jimmy Butler one. I, I hope they mm. get into his whole coffee empire and whatever other crazy stuff he has in the works. Because I think that's oh be yeah, really...
1: yes. Yeah, I. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh yeah, I was just say I think they did a pretty good job of selecting five players. Like we're we're all big time NBA fans that follow both the on court and off court stuff quite a lot. Um, but for like grabbing the average fan, you know they've got some big time name recognition, and then the people that they have the aren't, like, super name-recognized are on, like, good teams and really good players still, and could be very interesting, like Sabonis being in Sacramento and being a European player and these sorts of things, like, I think they they snagged a pretty good five um, people to follow.
1: Yeah, I do have to ask you, Eric, since you have talked here now, um, are you going to be fast-forwarding through all the Ant Jr. content?
0: (laughs) uh no no i will i will not be fast forwarding through hopefully hopefully there's not too much but we'll uh we'll get to that at some point in my uh in my talks as well i imagine so
1: okay um and and, uh dan you mentioned jimmy i really want to see whatever shenanigans he's getting up to in his media day photo i want like the (laughs) full like uh you know when they have those like shows with the bride or whatever, and they go through everything she gets ready. I want that for Jimmy for media day. I need like minute by minute updates on like everything of all of his strategy for his crazy haircuts from the uh... yeah
2: the the thumbnails for the Heat videos. So uh, <laughs> uh, you know the Misses favorite character is Jaime Hawkes Jr. So we watch uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll watch uh, Heat highlights together, but the thumbnail is always Jimmy's media day haircut. And you this, like, <laughs> She's so <laughs> confused. At moment. Her. Just see that and glory in that haircut and then watch basketball highlights.
1: Ah, yeah, God, it, so it's good. so funny. Yeah, if people don't know, uh when he shows the last two seasons, he showed up to Media Day with crazy hair. And it's a joke, two years ago he had these like uh I call it, like nasty dreads, like the dreads you associate with guys who just smoke a lot of weed all the time. Um, and then this year he had like an emo style haircut. Um, so it was very funny. Cause like that's the official photo of him for the NBA so when they put stuff up he's got this stupid ass haircut and it's like oh my god this is so dumb
0: there were multiple times last season where like uh, the, you know certain like broadcast companies were using like his rendered image from 2k <laughs> for his t- starting lineup picture so that they didn't have to show the the dreadlock picture which is just hilarious yeah. so yeah um, it was a it's a great prank and control job by by Jimmy on that one to make a ridiculous photo that the league has to use for the rest of the season for him
1: Oh, yeah. And the uh, behind this, some of the stuff they post on the social media of like, bam, trying to be like, I can't look at you. You look so stupid. and should be like, this is like my Super Bowl, man. Shut up. <laughs> and stuff. Uh, he's like, uh, it's so funny. I love it so much. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to want that to happen. Um, so before we start, I guess the last thing I should say to everybody is because we can't predict like what's this is going to take place next season, I think. Right, Eric? Or is it in the is that right? Or in two um, seasons? I'm not I- sure.
0: I'm not sure, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they're following them now. I, I imagine they're following them now, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure when this is actually going to, like, take place. So we're going to assume our picks are going to happen this season. That's the easiest way for us to do it. Uh, there's no way for us to predict, for example, what players are going to be on teams next year, blah, 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 blah. So we're just going to pick, as if it was this year, these are the players that we would follow this year. Right. I think yeah, that's we could just... a
0: time machine back and start filming. <laughs> yep.
1: Right. Uh, this is the easiest way for us to do and pick this. So, Without further ado, who would like to make the first suggestion for someone to be on the show?
2: I feel like as the host, you should go first.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. I'll make an... Uh, okay, let's do this one here, because I brought this one up. I've pitched this one to you guys previously, and we had some agreement on this person. And... So the, the five players they picked here, I would say, are all star-level players, right? Right. LeBron, Tatum, Jimmy, Ant, and Sabonis. Uh, But you don't always want just the star guys. Sometimes you want like the behind some more role player type players because they're maybe a little bit more candid or they have some more interesting things going on in their life because they're not just like so famous that they can't do, you know. I mean, you guys watched the last dance. Jordan couldn't go anywhere, right? He was too famous. Mm -hmm. So it's like if LeBron goes out in public, it's like he's LeBron. He can't go out in public, you know? So I picked a player who I was a role player, but I thought was fun. Uh, His Twitter is really crazy. It's uh, Mr. Breast Milk himself, uh, Josh Hart, uh, one of the Villanova boys. He plays on the New York Knicks. So uh, my pitch for him is I think he is a good player. And he's he's, I think he's interesting on the court because he's uh, he comes off the bench, but he does like a lot of different things for them. So like. For basketball learners, I think it's interesting to hear I would hear about how Josh Hart prepares, what he thinks about when he's playing. But um the number one reason I picked him is because the Knicks are basically just a professional Villanova for some reason. They've got Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, uh Ray Gu, Dante G. Vincenzo, and Ryan Arciadano. Uh so you know these are and these guys played together in college, so you know mm-hmm. that like off the court they're getting into crazy stuff. So uh, my proposed first player that I would like to see on the show is Josh Hart. It's a solid choice.
0: It is a good choice. The Knicks are, you know, contender-ish, a contender-adjacent team. So yeah, they'll, good, good they'll, enough. they'll have some slumps and some runs during the season that the documentary crew could choose to focus on depending on what they're doing. And, and like you said, Hart is pretty funny off the court and on Twitter and these <laughs> sorts of things. So I imagine that giving him a platform as big as Netflix would uh bring out I don't know about the best in him, but the most entertaining <laughs> in him at the very least.
1: Oh yeah. And uh Madison Square Garden, like we get to see MSG like stuff too, and that's would be interesting because I'm sure people have, you know, seen what MSG looks like behind, you know, in the tunnels and the locker rooms and all this stuff could be fun. And the atmosphere of, a, of an arena, of a legendary arena like that, I think is, is fun, too. And um, we get a... Uh, he's been in the news lately for some other stuff, but uh, we get a really bizarre owner, too, in Dolan. Mm. Uh, so if there was any Dolan interaction with the players, could be interesting, too, because uh, he's not popular. <laughs> he's working on the sphere a lot, though, but uh, yeah, so... Josh Hart for me it would be my my first or a suggestion for me. So, uh, sounds like you guys like it too. So, why don't you guys, unless you have anything else to say about Josh Hart, uh, pick somebody else here?
0: Perfect. I'll, I'll piggyback off you here because I 100% agree with you that there needs to be like bench player in this. Um, and I went a similar direction, but slightly slightly different here with robin lopez is somebody that i want the the documentary to follow along and there's a lot of good reasons behind this but the biggest one for me is just the idea of having this this journeyman sort of thing there Mm -hmm. um the golf documentary that they did was not that great, I don't think, <laughs> okay. but the best episode of it by far, they followed a guy named Joel Dahman, who uh, I've never, never heard, heard of it. before, but his, like, he, one of his quotes from it was, somebody's got to be the 70th best golfer in the world, and it might as well be me. Uh, it's um, true. And like they followed him around, like missing cuts and all these sort of things, but then got to see him like almost win one of the major tournaments that year. They just got lucky and were following him. Mm -hmm. Um, the the highlight for everybody of the quarterback documentary was just Kirk Cousins' like suburban dad antics and Cole's cash and stuff off the field. Shopping at Costco, I'm sure. And like Drive to Survive, they didn't even get um Mercedes um or Ferrari the first season of it, and because of that, folks like. Daniel Ricardo and Christian Horner became just like the stars of the show who, you know, would be kind of behind the scenes people otherwise. So I think getting some of these big personalities that, you, you know, Lopez has been in the league for a long time. He's he's on the Bucks, who are contenders. So you get to see a little bit of a window into them. He's on the team with his twin brother, uh, Brooke, there as well. And robin is just a weird dude like i mean he's got all of his like previous <laughs> antics fighting mascots yeah. and these sorts of things and harry potter world and and all these sorts of things that i think that if you wanted to follow along somebody that had been in the league for a long time he's the sort of guy you'd want because you just get a, a different window into this like twilight of the career guy that you know averages what like three points a game or something like that now well, and just, not even just, yeah <laughs> just happy to be there kind of <laughs> thing and, and get a fun window into that side of the league and into a good team, but from a a weird lens that we don't get to see the Bucks through usually.
1: Yeah, I like that pick. Uh I, I one thing would be interesting is Robin and Brooke are known Disney adults. Right. And uh is Netflix gonna want to do advertising for <laughs> Disney (laughs) by because like we have to get that we have if if this is if they're in it 100% we have to get content with them at Disney um either uh because this year uh Brooke's not making it to the all-star game uh and I can't think of any of the like ancillary stuff that he'd be going to really so you know Brooke and Robin are gonna have time off so we would need them at Disney if it didn't happen why do it right
2: Yep. (laughs)
1: um but yeah, I like, I like that's an interesting pick. That's fun. Yeah, he uh, just recently, uh, they played the S- yeah the Spurs game. He and the Spurs mascot, that coyote, whatever. They traded signed jerseys. So like, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a weirdo. <laughs> yep. Um,
2: I yeah. have to agree with that choice because I had the Lopez brothers as one of my choices, which I know is technically cheating, but. That's fine. I wanted a two for one. But yeah, it's a great choice.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like if you pick one, you get the other because you know that like there's no way they're just going to follow just one of them. You know that there's going to be a lot of content with both of them. So Uh, I think it's fair to pick them both. Uh, So we know you picked the Lopez twins, Dan, but why don't you tell somebody else that you had here?
2: Okay, so this is definitely um, not a star player and it's more just, yeah, it's my own particular... Weird aesthetic, but I I want to I want Boban Marjanovic to be um, yes. oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I had him on the short list and here. Yep,
2: there was a whole Bobby and Toby thing when he was on Philly, and obviously I think he's on like Houston now. He's he's he's, he's basically almost out of the league at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, I loved when he was on the Mavs. I was honestly, it was another one of those players like uh, the misses has. Very selective opinions about the NBA, but very strong ones where she has them. Like, you know, Jaime um, Jaquez Jr. is her absolute favorite player in the league. And Boban is probably her second favorite player. And when she found out that Dallas had let him go, she was <laughs> visibly upset about it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it would be it would be fun even, even for the stupid reason of he's, so, he's such a massive human being that just seeing him in public is kind of comedic. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a picture of him next to his wife, but his wife is actually a normal-sized human being, but next <laughs> to him she looks tiny and it's just, it's funny. Many things um, about him are funny because he's, he's such a giant.
0: So comically large, yeah. Yeah,
2: and he, he knows it too. So like,
1: uh, I think I showed you guys, he posted on Instagram, him with the a regular size uno card in his hand and it looks so small it looked like a freaking like cashew in his hand or something i was like what the hell is this <laughs> like yeah
2: just a yeah that, that, i just saw that photo and it totally looks fake
1: yeah i showed it to my coworker, and she was like that's fake right and i was like no this guy's really this big and i was like this is real uh i've seen those bobby and toby goldfish commercials i've seen them um yeah, I, I had Bobon on my long list of players, kind of similarly, uh, for all the same reasons as you. I thought I'll look into this kind of uh, Rockets team that's trying to turn it around. They're uh, what they're like, what they're, the phase two or something like that. I don't know what the hell they're, they're coming with. There's like weirdo Avengers phases or whatever they've got down there. Um, So they're like this team that's kind of turning it around from being truly dreadful last year. We were like, I believe we called them an abomination of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they're competent this year. Obviously, this gets me into the Fred Van VanVleet takes, of course, I love it. Uh, um, but then, uh, I mean, as well, we know that he is interested in acting, as I have brought up a million times on all sorts of COTR things, Bobon and John Wick 3. Uh, You've mentioned his commercials. So we'd also get Bobon going out and filming these commercials too, which I think could be fun as well. Um, so I like it. I thought, it, uh, like I said, I had him on a on a long list of players I was... Um, interested in
0: yeah yeah i mean and he's there's no way that his off the court stuff wouldn't just be super interesting just because of how big he is you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah i I wouldn't even really care that much about the 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 rockets and that sort of stuff like obviously it'd be cool to see but just (laughs) what he does on his daily life outside of basketball would be just fascinating i think He's, like, the
1: only person in the world who could hold that original, like, Duke Xbox controller and it wouldn't complain it was too big. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, so, I'll go here, and since we're talking about big guys, I'm pretty sure multiple of us, maybe all three of us will have this player on the list, so let's we'll just get out of the way here. Uh, Victor Wembenyama. What's? us go. I mean, we've, talked, we've <laughs> talked about this guy so much. I mean, again, I basically dedicated an entire, like, Premise of a podcast of being talking about him. So of course you know I love him. Um it's just there's so many things to talk about with why he would be an interesting player. You have a god-awful Spurs team. Uh so it's like, okay, what's that like, right? What's like it being on a huge loser team? Um, you've got a legendary coach and Pop, so what's it like to see Pop? We see it, we see him coaching in some clips, but it's like, what's it's what's it like to see him coaching Victor? Like, what's he telling him? What's he like? letting him experiment with what's he really trying to drill into him. Um, Of course, he's just a freak. He's, like, so tall. It's crazy. Um, So, again, the the tall thing would be, like, so wild. And then um, there's been so many profiles about the way that he, like, prepares his body. Like, he does like, stretches for, like, his feet and stuff. So, like, I think that's interesting. I know most people would be, like, who cares about watching a guy trying to make sure his feet don't fall apart? But, like, the history of basketball tells us tall guys like this, their feet don't work after a while, right? So, like, I'm so curious about his regiment and stuff. And um, off the court, uh, I would love to go see him eating food in Texas. My God, like that would just be amazing. Because kind of look at the Giannis thing. Everyone the the famous like corn dog and like uh, smoothie tweets or whatever. Victor is also experiencing some of this stuff for the very first time. Like we had like the the burrito um, or. Yeah, the breakfast burrito and all this stuff. So I want to see that. And uh, I think, unlike Victor's teammates, I'm actually going to pass the ball here to one of my teammates, because I think I know something somebody else wants to talk about here with him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to jump in front in case you're passing it to Dan. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, so all of those things are 100% true. And. We'll, we'll get into it as I go further down my list, but I thought it'd be interesting to capture just a bunch of different players at different stages of their NBA career, I think would have been an interesting way to do the documentary. So grabbing like the next big thing as a rookie obviously is amazing, but the, the profiles about him being a huge fan of fantasy author Brandon Sanderson just make me love him even more. Um, you know, obviously we've got the, the shard board of the rings, uh, little mini series on the second feed here as well. Matt and Mark and I are going to be coming with another episode probably next month of that one as well for a little bit of cross promotion here on the backboard version of things. But it's just fun to see that crossing streams here a little bit. Um, the the article that just came out yesterday said he he saved the like climactic finish of book two of the Stormlight Archive before a game so that he could read it and get himself hyped up and then had a triple double which was against the Pistons <laughs> so I don't know it really we can really yeah. claim that the book helped him there he he might have been able to do that without sleeping uh, the night before um, but
1: the Bucks are only up two man
0: <laughs> oh that's fair that's true forgot that's going live here um, but yeah I mean. It, for all the all the real basketball related reasons but then you know it's just hilarious that like I've been a Wemby stan since like 3 years ago when I first heard and watched the highlights of him as like a 16 year old in Europe you know we we had an NBA draft preview and these sorts of things like a year out where we were both like <laughs> Wemby like yeah. who's tanking for Wemby uh, episode of this thing like I you know I'm I'm a huge Wemby fan and knowing that he's a fan of you know probably my favorite like guilty pleasure popcorn books out there in the world as well. I just so good. So good. So uh, I'd love that we'd get some Sanderson on the Netflix documentary. Maybe more people would read it. Maybe we'd get a Amazon adaptation that they'd ruin and I'd hate. It'd be perfect. It'd be a a great way to, (laughs) to just tie a couple of my favorite things together.
1: Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you be fascinated to see what type of stuff... Because he's, like, really well-read. That's another thing about him, too, is, like, he's, like, this, like, really smart... He's not just, like, a, a jock. He's interested in all these other things, too. So it's, like, wouldn't you also be interested to see, like, what other stuff he's into, yeah. like, from a fascinating standpoint of... I mean, he's an uh, 18, 19-year-old French guy coming to America. What's this guy, like, what's he going to be doing? What's he up to? You know, he's not, he's not one of the, the players who's just online streaming themselves playing, like... FIFA and Fortnite, you know, or Warzone. It's like he's doing other stuff. And um, importantly, I should have led the podcast with this. He also says he grew up loving The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So this podcast yeah. forever now is Lord of the Rings adjacent because we're going to talk about Wemby and best like every podcast for the remaining future of our lives, probably. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Dan, I assume you also agree with Wemby? Oh, you yeah. want to see him in real life, so...
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we have plans in the spring to drive down to San Antonio and catch a game, so I, I agree for all the reasons already mentioned, and he, he just seems like an interesting guy. I, I, as someone who reads way too much, I, uh, I immediately relate to his kind of nerdery. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Um. Eric, the, I'm guessing the, you had Wemby right on the. On the oh list.
0: yeah, I had Wemby listed at, at, at my number one spot. My the okay. person I most want to see.
1: <laughs> I kind of figured, but why don't you give us another one then?
0: Okay, so I guess I've got Lopez as the journeyman player out of the way. Wemby as the rookie, so I want to have a rising star in the league uh, on there as well, and. You know, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. I think Ant on the Netflix documentary is a great representation of this, but I am going with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I think that the Pacers kind of bottoming out a little bit, the big Sabonis trade, getting him there, kind of being a win-win for both of those teams. Uh, The All-Star game being in Indianapolis this year, him definitely going to be there um, for it is just great you know I mean I, I picked him before the Pascal Siakam trade uh, happened but that makes Indy I think even more interesting I think mm-hmm. propels them to a point where I think you'd almost be disappointed if they didn't grab a top six playoff seed at this point and he has just been insane like he the, a couple of the games that you know he's got those multiple 20 assists zero turnover games um, just absolutely killed the bucks basically every time that they played uh, the at the top there the team stayed halfway afloat with him being injured and now he's back. So like there there've been a lot of good storylines with him. He's just so fun. He's got such a weird looking three point shot that just seems to always go in. Um, And I love the Pacers. They're, they're, you know, my league past darling team this year, by far, they don't play a lick of defense. They play way too much offense and way too fast. They're just fun basketball to watch. So I think getting to kind of follow along, a basketball crazy city like Indianapolis that isn't very high profile for people that aren't from the surrounding area and a player that, you know, that entire city has basically fallen in love with and adopted instantly uh, would be great. And then you've got the added benefit if you really wanted to, to spice things up and mix things in there that it seems very, very likely that Caitlin Clark's going to the Indiana fever uh, with the number one pick in the WNBA draft. And she's like, you know, the most hyped college player in NCAA women for, I don't know, I don't know how long, maybe ever. Uh, So you get to maybe add a little bit of that in to have two Iowa folks leading their team since Halliburton's from Iowa state. Um, I think there'd be a lot of fun storylines to follow with Halliburton there in Indianapolis.
1: I think Caitlin Clark's going to go to the Pistons, so...
0: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I I think the WNBA draft happens first, so it'd be interesting to see how the draft rights work, I guess, but...
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's probably a better prospect than any of the the men, so... (laughs) Um, Yeah, Halliburton's a good pick. Uh, I guess when we didn't mention it with with Hart was, like, the the in-season trade, because they got OG, so that's also interesting, too, like, how is the Mm. dynamic of a team changing with the guys coming in and out? Because that's always, like... Um, I don't know if you guys ever watched Hard Knocks. I've never watched it, but people often talk about there's like that episode where like they cut guys, and yeah, what that's what that's like. That's kind of like we get the dynamic of like these teams shipping guys in and out. Like, um, the Knicks obviously gave up players who are actually like useful now. The the Pacers, Bruce Brown's really good. Jordan Nwora is like whatever. So it's not, and um, so and obviously they're getting a I think a more of an impact uh player than OG. I think I think siakam is a number two guy um and so like we're gonna get this interesting on the court thing where it's gonna be i mean i guess we can just talk about the trade here because we we can just go to straight like real nba talk here like obviously adding siakam with the the pairing of halliburton and siakam should be really good he fits their style of play where he likes to run um he gives that they kind of had a hole at um power forward next to Turner. So mm-hmm. he kind of plugs that he gives him another, he can play some decent defense. I mean, he can't shoot the ball very well from three, which I think is a problem. It's a good thing. Turner is a stretch five because like there are many teams where we've been like, you can't play too big. So you can't shoot. And so like, that would not, that would not work. If, <laughs> if they've, if Turner they've got
2: shoot. enough shooters, I don't, they've I, got I so many shooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have so many shooters in their offense is so fast that they get more shots than, than other than teams that slow it down. And he's so good on the fast break and he can actually defend on a bad day. He's an average defender mm-hmm. and on a good day, he's better than average. And that's yeah. immediately mm-hmm.
0: makes him one of the best defenders on that team. Right. Oh, and yeah. Halliburton's just a wizard. Like <laughs> oh, he mean, go he's going to get open shots right, for please. anybody. Oh, yeah, He's,
2: he's going to get so many layups and dunks and just like ridiculously easy shots. Cause Halliburton, is absolutely like a puppet master with the opposing defense. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I I still think... uh, Big picture, I'm not sure... Uh, The pace with the problem is like, that style of play, we've seen a lot of teams try to play that. It doesn't work in the postseason. Um, Running up and down and trying to score a bajillion points doesn't win... Doesn't get you to the final prize. So that's still going to be an issue. But I I mean, they shouldn't really care too much right now because it's just like... Um yeah. what they should be trying to do. We kind of talked about this pre roll about the, the backers <laughs> is, uh for, in football is like they should be trying to get some experience for these guys, trying to get them into the postseason, see what they they gotta find out what they need. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's a good regular season team, it's fun, but they gotta figure out like, okay, um, who's gonna be who who are we gonna be able to keep like between like Matherin, Nemhard, um Walker, right, his name Jerus Walker, right? I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, Obi Topin's been good there. Yeah. They they need, out, yeah, they need to figure out
1: they need to figure out who are the guys that are like when we're gonna be going for it with like Halliburton and Siakam as our one two, who are we gonna keep? And you can't do that if you don't get to the postseason. So like I, I like the trade a lot because it just it gets them where they're trying to go, I think. Even if like yeah, as we Siakam. said, it's constructed not gonna work, but
2: Siakam is one of the pieces that you're gonna want on a team like that. Yeah, It's so, certainly playing the style that they're playing, right? And I, I agree yeah. that that style has problems in the playoffs, but like, they are what they are, and they do have, I, I think they have one of the five best coaches in the NBA. I mean, it's my opinion. I think, right. think uh, Carlisle is yeah. a really underrated coach.
0: Right, and, yeah. let, and, and this comes to like the rings culture talk that we all kind of hate and stuff. Like, yes, you're probably not contending for a ring with this core, but like, it's good enough and fun enough, and the fans love it enough that even if you end up topping out at an Eastern Conference Finals or two, that's better than blowing it up because, you know, it's not going to win your ring, right? Maybe you yeah. get lucky in a, and you get the right piece somewhere down the line and that's worth it. And if you just get a handful of fun years of contention, that's still really good for a team like Indianapolis who was never drafting near the top of the lottery anyway.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you you do that trade to get Halliburton 10 times out of 10, right? Yeah. Even if it means... You know, you're gonna play a style where like it's not, it doesn't make you, you know, you don't make it all the way out of the east, which is gonna be brutal this year anyway. Like, who cares? Like, you have, you're a small market team. They're they're one of the funnest teams in the league to watch, and you know, you win winning a lot of games. So, yep. Why not?
1: Yeah. No one's coming to Indiana as a free agent. Like, look, I also root for a small market team in these no name places. Like. No one's coming to the Bucks. No one's coming to Indiana. No one's like, yeah, sign me up. Like, that's not what free agents do. So, like, you got to make trades to like improve your roster. And uh, so, th- I think it's totally fine. And and also with the the way that the tax is going now too, and these rules, you can really only have like, it's really going to be a real realistically, you can only have like two max guys now in the, mm-hmm. going into the future. So, like, it's gonna I think level some of the the playing field a little bit where you're not going to see these teams loading up with a lot of. Like stars, so it's like if we have Halliburton and we have Siakam and we think that they're two of the top thirty guys in the league and that we fill it out with good role players, like you as long as yeah. as long as they kind of adjust their style to be to be more defensively solid, like you'll have a, a chance at least in a in a year where, you know, maybe who knows, right? We could see some injury and you could or you, the bracket breaks right for you where you just get favorable matchups and I mean, who knows, right? So it's you gotta Yeah, you gotta at least try, so I'm, I'm totally fine with it.
0: Yeah, even this year, if they get the right seed, they they make it through the first round and then sweep the Bucks into the conference finals. So should be perfect. I
1: mean, I think you mean that's the first <laughs> round matchup.
0: <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> maybe, maybe.
1: I think that's a likely first round matchup. Like if the Bucks get the two and three the Pacers, six or
0: two seven, yeah, or
1: two seven, yeah. I think I think we could see that. Um, I think that's a good pick. Uh, we'll come back to the Pacers in a second too, but. Um, I like I like halliburton as a pick, um obviously love it Wisconsin guy, so I'd uh, love to get some maybe some uh quick trip sponsorships in there for him too get him some more money so uh good pick uh Dan, why don't you tell us somebody on your list here?
2: Yeah, I'm just going through and marking off ones it's funny how we have a lot of uh, a lot of overlaps um, things yeah. gonna, so. I'm going to actually go Nikola uh, Jokic, Joker. Okay. And mm. sounds like a weird choice for anyone that follows basketball because he basically hates all things media. Like even after winning <laughs> the championship, he's yeah. like, I just want to go home. <laughs> but that's exactly why I picked him is I'm envisioning if you can imagine a, a quote unquote basketball episode where like 30 seconds of it are highlights of him doing the Sambor shuffle and just cooking dudes. <laughs> <with his hand laughs> with and then the whole rest of the time is him sitting and watching horse races in Serbia and talking with his family about like which horse he thinks is going to be the best <laughs> that That's what I'm here for.
1: Yeah. Didn't he? He went to that, uh, what's that place in New York City or whatever? Like he went to that one uh, in New York after they went played the Knicks late at night to go watch the track. It's like so yeah, you like if we if we did it this year, you would get that, which would be hilarious. Like, here we go. We finished the game at MSG and Jokic is getting in a taxi and uh going to watch some horses at like 10 p.m. at to night.
2: Atlantic City or what what is it?
1: Um no. Ah, uh, damn. What the hell is the name of that place? Was oh, it
2: like a casino or something?
1: No, it's an actual track. This is great. I'm Googling. Oh, gotcha. Um it's- Let's see. Racehorse track Belmont Park. It.
0: It's apparently the Google that it says is the famous one by NYC. Um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, I'm I'm not
2: I'm not a horse racing myself, so I don't know what it would be. I, I just nope. I think it would be really funny to have a basketball. Yonkers yonkers oh, yonkers a basketball player that good who's not really interested in basketball even though he's one of the best players in the world i i, th- I find that very amusing
0: yeah and like this is our pipe dream netflix lineup right like we know that oh, yeah. he would 100 right. say no oh, if true. he was approached to it Absolutely. but if we could get him and could actually get access to him yes that would be incredible like, can you imagine, like, getting an evening of following him and his brothers out clubbing in Serbia or something like that, too? Uh, like,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, just gonna be, we're not going to be able to put that on TV, dude.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. Because,
2: like, like, one person gets a little too close. And, like, I don't know if you guys have seen when the cameras will show his brothers in the crowd and, like, in – Play, like you know, high intensity playoff games where like another player will say something and you see his two massive Serbian brothers stand up in this stand, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, like, starting watching at yeah. home and, and and my spine is tingling. I'm like something bad is about to happen
1: here. <laughs> I can't believe when you when you see how big Jokic is, it's like, oh he was the baby brother got bullied all the time and then you see his brother's like oh
0: damn <laughs> like, Yeah Jesus. he
2: is the run to the litter which is which is quite a quite a thing to be able to say. Oh uh, uh, yeah.
0: yeah um and- and okay. one thing with him, too, is that, like, I think a lot of other sports, we have a lot of, like, mic'd up sort of things where we, we do get to kind of see how players act on the field and these sorts of things. But the NBA, we we don't have a lot of, like, on-court audio for players, Uh, For a lot of probably good reasons, but I have to imagine even just getting to see Jokic in practice or in a game with just, you know, how crazy his mastery and command of the offense is like being able to see how he runs things and like hear him running things, even in a practice setting would be, I think, very, very eye opening and interesting. Like, yes is he is he yeah, a, yeah. just a quiet person that always knows exactly where everything is and is just always making the right play like it, there's probably some of that but you know that there's some directing and and conducting going on that would probably just amaze people that don't have a a ton of basketball knowledge or or even us like i'm sure we would be just flabbergasted by it by some of the things it's like when lebron was telling people what uh, what play they were going to run <laughs> sort of things like you know that yes. he he absolutely has to have that sort of basketball mind too
1: yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I would want to see him in a film session and being breaking it down and being yeah. like, t- t- telling guys like, "Hey, you should have been one step over to the left here, and you would have been like wide open or something. Or then you would have been able to see the guy cutting into the the underneath the basket into the dunker spot or something just to see him like." And he's saying in practice, I guarantee, as the running stuff, like he's telling guys that, like, "No, don't be here," which looks like the exact same spot as here, but it's different, you know. And I'm sure that like something in his brain, he knows that like you need to be half a step further down the, the three point line into the corner or something like that, you know? So it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would love to see his brain and see, uh, how it, how it works.
0: Um, and I'd love to see the horses. <laughs> oh like yeah. Well, so good.
1: Uh, was it in the preseason or whatever where they showed there was a, a clip of Jamal Murray sat down next to him and he was like, What are you doing? And he was like, I'm buying horses or whatever. <laughs> and Jamal's like, Oh, okay. He's like, He's buying horses on his phone during like break time and practice. It's like, My God. Um, the league will love it too because it's promoting gambling. So we know the league loves gambling now. Oh, yeah. So we can get a star who's addicted to gambling.
2: U-turn on there. <laughs> um. So uh, for.
1: My player here, since we did this team already, I'll I'll propose a different player from the same team. You picked Halliburton. I'll pick Miles Turner. Um so the reason why I'm picking Miles Turner is because he has an interesting off-the-life uh hobby, which is Lego. Uh yep. I'm sure I've shared it to you guys that he is like obsessed with building Lego and he has so much of it. So I'm not sure like he might be really boring is the problem like cuz he's like yeah I'll just go home and spend 3 hours building Lego. So it's like that could be boring. That could it's a risk. It's a risk I'm, I'm admitting. Like he could just be 3 hours of footage of him just assembling a Lego set. Uh, but uh he must be on those weird sites that Matt is on <laughs> trying to find all <laughs> these rare sets. So like he could be blowing up his spots another reason why he would never do it. Like I want to see him like try to figure out what sets he wants. Uh just um, what he's into, you know, see his collection, how is he deciding what to build next, all this stuff. Um, so because I kind of thought uh, I, I don't want to spoil the categories in for me until we get to the end here. I thought we needed some guys who are just some kind of like weirdish kind of stuff. I was a, building Lego is not weird, but um, we kind of need some people who have some like off course stuff that's a little different. So I thought Miles Turner might be kind of fun. And then we talked about all the, the Pacers pacer stuff because I was like, "Oh, cuz we get, you know, I don't we don't need to go over that again. We get the trade, we get the rising team, we get uh well, we get we we did not mention this. We importantly, we get the locker room scene with pop the ball. <laughs> so <laughs> like uh we get all of that stuff, so um some some similar or basically the same on-court basketball stuff as Halliburton, but I thought Turner would be fun because of his hobby. So um
0: yeah, I'll buy that. This is also the first season of his entire career that he's not on the trade block trade here at the deadline. It. So it might be interesting to see him just relieved and knowing that he gets to live in his same house for the rest of the season for sure. That be. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's <laughs> he funny. doesn't have to move that. all of his Lego sets. It's awful how true that is.
1: That is. I never thought about that. Yeah, because we didn't know previously that he was a huge like Lego addict. Like, yeah, that would be like Yeah, because Lego sets are huge. And so it's like, yeah, how would he have moved all that crap to, like, if he had gotten traded to, I don't know, uh, Golden State or something? Like, yeah, my God, how would that have happened? Um, Or the Lakers? Yeah, crazy to think about. Um, Anyway, that was a kind of quick one here. Why don't you give me another one here, Eric?
0: Okay. So I am going to take your guy that you want to see for all of the, like, different off-court stuff. And I am going to choose the person who is the undisputed NBA king of off-court stuff that we would expect from a multimillionaire athlete, and that is James Harden. Mm. Oh, and okay. I think that what he hell, how much would. Can we show? <laughs> well, we're not going to be able to see all of that, obviously. No off-the-court stuff. Thursdays at the club. <laughs> right, but I think that Harden would be a fascinating follow because he is, you know, at what his like third stop now in the ring chasing portion of his twilight of his career and has somehow been well I guess maybe in Philly it would you can't say he was better than we thought he was going to be but like he's been better fit for the Clippers than I think anybody could have imagined him being uh there the team has been legitimately great since he's been inserted into the starting lineup a lot of that has to do with Kawhi Leonard just being amazing but right. um I think that getting to see like one of these vets, former MVP, you know, basically just ran into the Warriors at the wrong time of his career. Um, with one last, probably like th- this, this feels like it has to be the last season at this point where he actually maybe has a chance to get a ring. Uh, would be a really interesting follow because e- either you get that elation you know that that crazy like wow we finally did it feeling or you know like he tears his hamstring and Kawhi Leonard tears his Achilles again and you know we get the same old Clippers story uh either way is probably interesting Netflix television and yeah the (laughs) off-court any antics there are going to be wild you get Balmer adjacent thing and that dude's super weird yes If, if you saw his press conference about the the new like student section sort of vibe the that they're trying the to build for the wall yep yeah. yep yeah. um they're at their new stadium so like i think you get a lot of interesting things for the with the clippers just as a whole there but it, it was a toss-up between him and dame for me to follow um in terms of like how ha- just that sort of twilight of the career a guy that's still very good but not MVP good like they were and I decided I'd rather have Robin Lopez <laughs> than Dame so Harden Harden will be there so I don't have two bucks uh, to follow along.
1: Harden would be fascinating as you've mentioned with this whole, the Clippers are just uh, well we get the first part of the season where he's like uh, a malcontent. We that pre-season, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that weird preseason stuff yeah where he's just like what's that like to follow right? Or like Because we know he's an all time no show like disgruntled employee like <laughs> when he was that at houston when he was like in the fat suit basically it looked like my god uh so we we know he's all time for it and then we yeah, have this clippers team um you know i didn't want to say it but they look like they could win a title i mean it's, it's it's uh january you don't win titles in january so it doesn't matter, right? Right. But it's like they have,
0: yeah, they have such a bad matchup with Denver. But other than that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, every,
2: everyone, yeah, everybody does. One or another yeah. has a bad matchup with Denver. But the, if if anyone is a contender in the West that is not Denver, they are a contender mm-hmm, for sure.
1: Yeah. If Kawhi's going to play at this level again, where we're like, hey, is Kawhi like playing like an MVP, like? The, yeah. the sky is the limit because he's that good. He's so good both sides of the ball and the addition of like the way that their offense is now with Harden now and Paul George Kawhi could actually play defense and not have to carry all the load right. in offense. Yeah, it's right. just and, now so that, massive.
0: and now that Westbrook's not making 42 million dollars a season or whatever. He's like a yeah. very valuable bench player for them. Like since, mm-hmm. since moving out of the starting lineup like he he helps that bench unit quite a bit like they they're interesting and quite the cast of like Players that were insanely good seven years ago that are still somehow pretty good you know
1: yeah yep and uh i mean they got such a great coach to tyloo everybody wanted yeah. him in the this offseason because there was the rumors that maybe he was a little upset about how like no one was playing in his team ever uh and then he stuck around and obviously like so see again we we talk a lot about seeing like brilliant basketball players or coaches so we getting getting Lu would be exciting too i think um Anything for anything that you want to say here, Dan? Quick.
2: Or, oh, there's a lot. I mean, the, the Clippers have been on my radar re- recently as a team that it looks like I panned that trade when it happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, so in this, uh, but I, I was wrong. Like I, yep. I, and I think some a lot of that credit goes to Ty Lu. He he put all the Jenga pieces together. Mm-hmm. Russ went to the bench. They like figured out that they can use like. Harden doesn't have the ball as much, but they can use the fact that he has the ball to your earlier point to to free Kawhi up to use some energy on the defensive end. It it's, it's one of those things you realize for these guys that are still really amazing players, but as they get older, is you're like, well, why is Kawhi not the defender he was four years ago? Well, because he knows that on night to night, if they need him to score 30 points, he's not going to go all out on defense against the other team's right. best player. He's saving some of that energy for offense. But now if you have Harden pounding the ball and doing his step backs and finding the, you know, like unlocking all your centers to get a million freaking lob dunks every game. All of a sudden Kawhi's is like, cool. I don't have to be the initiator on offense as much. All of a sudden I can be a lockdown defender completely changes the, the look of your team. So yeah, that's, we will get into, get into that more in a, in a subsequent episode, but it is interesting to see the transformation of that team over the last couple months months. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
1: Big time. Um, and I, and also, people have talked about this on podcasts stuff too. But the stories of like Harden and uh, Zubats, basically James <laughs> Harden being like, "Hey, let's practice pick and roll," and Zubats being like, "Oh yeah, nobody's ever practiced pick and roll with me <laughs> ever as my as a as a, the point guard." And like, that's so crazy for us to think about James Harden being a good teammate because we're so used to him just being a malcontent all the time and just going to the strip club all the time. But like him, like trying really hard to make this work, and like that's been one of their like revelations too have been like they've made we always used to be like zubats he's just you know he can't do anything on offense like he's not good but like turning him into like a useful offensive player is like totally down to james harden taking this time to like do this see
2: harden molding him into the capella role right exactly like you, can just, yeah. you can see it happening
1: yeah and it's so crazy for us to think about that because like he's just not been in this like environment where he's i, I guess he was over a little bit that in Brooklyn when they started until like the Kyrie stuff went down and he got pissed off but like um we haven't seen him I feel like this like locked in with the other players in a while mm-hmm. um and I I pretty that Nets thing That's like I that was only a couple years ago it feels like that was like 10 years ago at this point but it's like yeah, it was like 2 years ago but uh, yeah so uh yeah I think um that's a good pick uh Harden the Clippers uh Dan uh, anybody else on your so list,
2: so I'll, I'll, I'll zag to the zig there, where I'm going to go with one where I'm not really interested in as much in in the, in the off the court, and this is definitely a much lower profile player. But I just I think, think this would be a lot of fun, and it's also just a, a favorite player of mine. Is uh, I'm going to go with Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. Oh, okay, about um, it. Um, and I I lo- like his, this the the trick that he does where he hides in the corner of the court and then off the inbounds he gets a steal. He's done it like a million times and. Kind of where he got his nickname. I I love that little trickery that he does. I love that he pisses Chris Paul off and certain other point guards. <laughs> yeah, but he I just got idea. LeBron
0: last week or two weeks yeah. ago with it. Even like yeah, like he's he's gotten so many amazing
2: players with just just you know trickery and uh, so I. I that's just a random on-court thing that I really love and I think it would be fun to do that. And then as far as the off-court stuff, uh, he's he's on the Puerto Rican national team. He just hmm. joined it last uh, 2 years ago I want to say. And so seeing him like as part of that team and then also like I could see him back at home like you know having his mom's empanadas or something and that would be really cool. But I yeah, obviously much lower profile. I think I think it would be fun to have him
1: Oh, yeah, we didn't even, I didn't even think about, like, should we count FIBA at all in this? I, I guess, I guess
2: because
1: oh, yeah. uh, yeah, of, like, like, Halliburton and stuff, we'd got an ant, if we get, like, FIBA, that matters, too. I didn't think about that at all, Um, factor that in. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah I, oh, go ahead, sorry.
2: No, just Puerto Rico, I, I don't know where they are now, but at various times, they've had, a, like, really good um, international teams. They, they beat mm-hmm. the U.S. one year, actually, which is yep. pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I was just,
0: you know, looking, you know, he's he was on a two-way deal until, like, midway through a season and a half ago. He's on, like, a four-year, $6.5 million total contract, too. So Ooh,
1: what, a deal.
0: Uh, what a steal. What a steal, yeah. right? But also it would be interesting to follow an NBA player that is you know going to be living a much less lavish lifestyle than the the ones that we've <laughs> all been choosing cuz even some of the other journeymen we've been following like Hart has gotten paid a couple times like Lopez has been he in the league paid, 15 yeah. years or whatever like we're not following any of these guys that aren't on huge sponsorship deals or have are on multiples of their last contracts and that was kind of an interesting thing about the the PGA Tour one we had one episode where we've got like all these guys flying on their private jets in and out of Jupiter, Florida, <laughs> to all the tournaments or whatever, and then this Joel Damon guy's, you know, living in just like a pretty normal house in Phoenix, you know what I mean, and like driving his, you know, I think like a a Corolla to yeah, the golf course and these sorts of things, right? So like, not that not that Alvarado would be doing that, but it would be interesting to see, you know, just the the not quite as insanely opulent wealth. Of an NBA player on display would be, you know, a nice juxtaposition to to watching the other guys doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, he's basically poor. He's a scrapper. He's basically poor compared to everybody else. Yeah, that's an interesting idea.
0: I mean, he Um, was
2: undrafted, right? So he's the definition of a guy that's had to hustle his whole life to get where he got, which is always like, that's the other reason why he's a favorite player of mine is like, how can you not love guys like that, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, undrafted, balled out in the G League, and has made you know, the most of every opportunity is had in his playing time there with the Pelicans, for sure.
1: If you're a Phoenix Suns fan, I guess, then you're not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you've talked about all the on-courts. Uh, There's also or some of the other stuff, but, like, uh, Pelicans also an interesting team, too, to to be following for a season because they are a team. I think every time we talk about the Pelicans, we're always just like, I don't know what to think about this team. <laughs> I'm confused because, like, talent-wise, they're pretty good. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, we'll talk about, and I'll get into Zion, Ingram, McCollum, you know, they got a guy from 1920, Herb Jones. Um, I think Dyson Daniels has been good for them. Yeah, Trey Murphy. Yeah, like, they've got, like, a good roster, but they mostly because of injury they can never seem to like really string it together for a long run so i think that's an interesting team right now they're in fifth i'm looking at the standings mm-hmm. um so it's an interesting team where it's like following them and their trials and tribulations through a season would be fascinating because it's so up and down for them because early in the season didn't we get that quote from zion where he was like talking about buying in or whatever and it's like mm-hmm oh my god, what is going on with this team? Oh, red
2: flag quote if ever there was one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and now they're like third and fifth. They're looking pretty good. Um, it, it's I think it's tough to crack the top four in the West right now when you, in reality if you think about it. But it's like they're looking pretty good again. And it's like, uh, you know, last year before the wheels went off, they were, weren't they in first, like around this time of the year last year or something like that? And it was like, mm-hmm. uh, so they have the potential, the talent to be good, but they can't quite, Get there. So I think it's interesting to see this team that's like clearly tells it, everybody knows it, uh, but they can't put it all together. They can't get to where they probably should be, and what's it like to be following a team like that. Um it's a lot to, to Zion and, and so like getting a glimpse into Zion and his lack of work ethic probably <laughs> or and, and stuff would be interesting as well. Um to see what's going on with with all that stuff. So uh, I, I like it from the, the team pick standpoint, too. I think the Pelicans would be a really uh, an interesting team to follow. Thank you. Um, so, let's see, who do I got left here? Okay, I got uh, two players left. I want to save one of mine uh, for a specific reason. I don't think we're going to be able to stall long enough, but I picked a player who's... The reason why I picked him, he's in an interesting time of his career. He's on one of the most high-profile teams in the league. Um, I would not say he's not on the most high-profile team, because that's the Lakers, and this is not a Laker. Um, there's a lot of talk about his money. Uh, and what... <laughs> oh, you know what I'm doing here, shall we? <laughs> oh,
0: I, he, he's who I've got as my last spot here, too.
1: Okay. and um. I don't want to spoil again another player. I don't want to spoil because I broke these people into like categories or whatever. Um, we also know he has some interesting off-field, uh, off-court uh, things going on, such as his love of scaffolding, his yep. boating, mm-hmm. and uh, all sorts of things. So I picked Clay Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, I just think he's has he's in such an interesting time of his career, and in, if we were following a player, he's, um. The 77th best player of all time, according to some Um so we know he's he's he was, and that's the important verb here. I know passive voice, horrible, but he was an elite great, great player. He is not anymore. And he's on a massive contract. There's a lot of talk about like his money. Are they gonna extend him? Are they gonna trade him? Are they gonna ask him to take a pay cut? his his spot on the rotation he is not honestly in my opinion he's not playing like a starter level player anymore but he's got too much clout on the team to be put on the bench um all the stuff is so interesting about him and where he is in terms of his basketball stuff you know i i'm just i, I think we would all agree just impressed that he still plays at this level considering all of those injuries he had back to back just him even like playing at like a decent level is impressive enough but um i just think he would be he's also like i think he's pretty candid too so i yeah i mean there was that famous interview when like he told chuck he was like when you said like i can't reach that level anymore that like hurts for you to say that to me so i think like he's not a guy who's gonna just be like i think he would give you interesting things to to listen to or and he would like not be like hidden away so i feel like he would be open um and also, I just want to know about like uh, I want to see him boating. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: his, definitely. And his dog is adorable. You gotta add yep, that, Rocco. Too. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't want to bring that up with, with Shell in here because I know that he's gonna fast forward through all those sections. So.
0: Um. <laughs> no, I said we'd get into the Ant Junior <laughs> thing later in the show. and This is what I meant. You know, I would totally, I would totally watch Clay and Rocco. Um, they, they, they have a bond that I have been along the, with the ride for for this entire career so I, I'd be okay with the Rocco content definitely okay and yeah I mean like we're saying if, if I get to hit, hand pick and choose the five players for the show that I want to watch of course Clay was going to be on it like there was no question about it um, you know like I'm obviously intimately familiar with the start of his career you know knew him at Washington State and all these sorts of things so getting to see that early stages of career great we're Definitely at some point getting some sort of Warriors documentary after these guys are all retired and it's all said and done. Probably won't be like last dance level good, but I, I can't fathom a world in which we don't get a, a light years ahead pot or um documentary or something like that. <laughs> oh you know what God. I mean? Um for for the actual dynasty uh, there. So it would be fascinating to see it as it's all crumbling down here. Yes. Even as a Warriors fan, like you know, I think we saw the writing on the wall at the end of last season. There was a th- there really wasn't much reason for optimism after the CBA changes. Like the, the second the CBA changes hit, I think most of us Warriors fans were like, oh, yeah, we're toast. Like mm-hmm. no mid level exception, nothing we can do. Like being able to get a Chris Paul who obviously is already hurt. As like the only thing oh, that you could wow. possibly do to upgrade de- the roster, just just wasn't going to work, and you've got all of the drama. You know, Steph kind of, sort of looking like he's finally on the decline a little bit. Draymond's off-court nonsense. Um, Big point. Kerr Big battling point for with. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely Kerr battling with the rookies <laughs> over playing Good time. Much. Um, it, you know, like it, it would be very interesting to be able to be. Inside the Warriors' dysfunction here at the end of their run, as a person who like followed along so closely with it the entire time, you know, big fan of it. Uh, and then Clay, yeah, he's you know probably still my favorite player in the league. Uh, he he saved the NBA for me uh, after the Sonics left. Like he's the only reason <laughs> that I stayed an NBA fan and am you know here doing all this right now. You know, if 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 Clay wouldn't have gone to WSU, wouldn't have gotten drafted, all these sorts of things, I probably would still you know, follow the NBA like I follow Major League Baseball, but without having the Mariners, which is to say not at all, (laughs) you know, like. um, (laughs) So uh, and for all the reasons you said, it's just wild to see, you know, a guy who was, you know, an elite, elite shooter, role player, these sorts of things have to come to terms that this is the end. You know, we saw that press conference with him a while ago, you know, where he, you know, talked about being too much in his feelings, pressing mm-hmm. too hard and talked to Curran, but like you know i need to make changes for this last chapter of my career like he knows it you know he knows that this is the yeah, end so hard yep. yeah so i i think that'd be a fascinating addition to the netflix documentary there of just you know the end and and not a particularly glorious end for both a team and a player that i've loved
1: yeah i there's so many things to talk about with the warriors that is one of the reasons why we picked him. Like, if this was two years ago, you know, I probably wouldn't pick a warrior because it's like, yeah, everything's fine, you know. But it's like, you have, you know, what is up with Andrew Wiggins? Like, he, what happened to him? As you mentioned, with yeah, <laughs> you get the adjacency to the Draymond stuff, which is like, I, what, what's going on in that locker room when Draymond's not there? What, what are those other guys saying to each other? What are they thinking? Like, what? You know what are the like the veteran guys, the guys who have the the sweat equity with them, saying like what are Clay and Steph saying to each other about Draymond? You know what are they saying to Steve Kerr about Draymond? You know Bob Myers is gone now, so it's like, um, what type of conversations are being had with the new GM um between like Clay and stuff? Because that's why I mean that's one of the reasons why we know Bob Myers left because he was like.
0: He, yeah i don't want to he, be the guy that has to trade away a splash brother or you know or not Yeah, because he, he, yeah, he exactly.
1: he, he's like i am too close to these guys i can't be the one to say clay i can't give you a contract
0: because he could do it he could he, he, yeah it's too hard right, they're gonna have statues outside the arena like you yeah what like, yeah. what are you gonna do
1: yeah it, it, you have too much emotional investment and it makes you blind to like what's the thing you have to do and that's what that's what makes guys like pat riley like lasted for so long because they're freaking cold-blooded as hell so it's like <laughs> um so yeah i mean as you mentioned g- getting in chris paul this year is hilarious too <laughs> that your ancient villain has come to join you oh, yeah i right? know so good <laughs> that's like that would have been fascinating to be like what's that initial like little bit of that you know team chemistry like where it's like we hated each other's guts for so long like and now we're teammates uh, how does that work and um, I mean, your team, I don't know. Do you want to talk about them? You guys suck.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. Like, I, they're, they're bad. The, the CBA changes that were 100% directed at them obviously mm-hmm. are doing their job at making it so that there's 0% chance they have any roster flexibility. They can't move any of these bad contracts. Like, it's over. Um, <laughs> they, uh, there's too many good teams in the West. Like, maybe, maybe. A miracle occurs and Steph goes nuclear and they can sneak into the play-in. Uh, you know I can't count them out from that because Steph is still Steph Curry, but um, that, yeah, that's you, basically you as far as they can go, yeah. right? And yeah, there's maybe.
2: zero chance, as currently constructed, that this team wins multiple playoff rounds. No, no, no not no. enough.
1: Yeah, they're they're unfortunately now they're they're in also ran territory where they're just like whatever, which is like crazy to think about when you have. Uh, I th- well, yeah, Steph is Steph is flagging a little bit, but I think it's because his teammates suck so much this year. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Too much load on him, but I th- he's still such an incredible player. That's the thing that makes me sad about this is that like I, right. I want him to have an opportunity to like he he might be at the tail end of his prime, but man, is the tail end of his prime
0: still freaking impressive, still great. And it's just a bummer that everybody broke down around him at the same time. You know, like. Like, Clay's Mm. been on the decline a little bit, but he still led the league in threes made last year and still shot, like, 42% from three-point range. And, like, defense was not good uh, anymore, but, like, was still a contributor. And Wiggins was still good when he was playing basketball last season, you know, had the huge leave of absence and everything. But but to have Looney take a step back, have Draymond go full Draymond, (laughs) have Clay take another (laughs) step back, to have Wiggins fall off a cliff, like, have it all happen at the same time is just just too much it's yeah. too much to handle
1: the inevitable chris paul injury has happened as well yep. um so yeah i mean uh are are you in i, I don't know what do you do with this team do you do you uh start trading try to trade off some of like some of these veteran guys, I like. I, weekends, I mean, if if I'm the Clayton,
0: GM of the Warriors, I go ask Steph Curry what he wants to do and do exactly what Steph wants.
2: Okay, <laughs> like he's
0: earned it. Like that's okay. That's what I say. And like, and and yeah, that probably has to be moving off pieces and trying. But if Steph wants a trade, you trade Steph. Um, it, it'd be horrible to see. I mean, for me, it'd be terrible to see any of those three guys in any jersey other than a Warriors jersey. But like at at this point, Steph still is most of himself like and he has given the franchise so much that you have to do whatever he wants at this point i think
1: yeah he did give a quote to the the insanity quote right or like doing the same right thing exactly like, so he he signaled like this team we can't
0: yeah something big has to happen
1: you have to change something i don't know if it's gonna be able to happen this year maybe like they have to do it after the year where they just let clay go and he gets the money off the books um that you know and then I don't know. Do you think you can trade Wiggins to like Toronto? Try to get him into uh, Canada or something. I maybe,
0: don't know. maybe. Who knows? I,
1: I, I really don't. I do. I have solved the uh, the issue for the Warriors, though. Uh, I um, put it in the trade machine, and I, I have fixed everything, um, and I've made the NBA better. I sent Steph Curry uh, for it involves uh, a couple of picks, but D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, and Hood Shafino. And, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's like a perfect trade. What do you guys think? Uh,
2: I, love, I love the idea of d back on the Warriors. <laughs> <I just cracked laughs> yeah. You know. Warriors legend. <laughs> d <D-Lo. laughs>
1: He's got to be in it because of the money. Oh, I, tried, I was trying to figure it out, and he has to be in it because Steph makes uh, $51 million, and it was that hard to get actually
2: to get worth it, as opposed to d dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Thinking out loud again.
1: <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, I think I might call that in. Um, sounds like uh, I think that's good for the league. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, it can finally cement Steph's legacy when he wins another title with the Lakers this is truly a great, you yeah, know, perfect.
2: the projected wins on that algorithm are just That's completely hilarious. broken. Yeah. There is zero chance no you remove those players from the Lakers <laughs> and you replace them with Steph Curry that the Lakers are not better. Like I know. no way the Lakers do not get marked. Like, I mean the other guys, whatever, Hachimura, I'm sure you can, You've got Vanderbilt and other guys on that team. It doesn't really matter, but the idea that you're replacing—just think of it this way: D-Lo straight up <laughs> for Steph Curry, like no, how right? is that not like, with LeBron James on your team, right? Like, come uh, on. I know it
1: was—it was, it was weird. I don't—I didn't understand. It must have just been because I sent four players over. That it must have just been like, oh, you sent too many, too much depth over. But it's like, but yeah, it's like freaking Steph Curry, man. It's like, I—I uh, th- I guess. This projected thing, though the uh Hollinger's analysis projected thing says the Lakers or the Warriors would get twelve wins worse and the Lakers get one win. <laughs> I guess it's eleven win difference, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
2: 12, that's fair. Twelve wins worse, I agree with, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean
0: you take Steph off the Warriors and <laughs> give me a seven game series with them and the pistons, and let's see what happens.
1: Oh Ooh, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> that, that,
1: that would be true. Oh man. Like um Anyway, now we got the jokes out of the way about that one. Um, Eric, do you have anybody else left on your list, or was Clay your last guy?
0: No, Clay was my last one, because we had a couple of crossovers there. Want to okay. do the, the slight shout-out, because I, I ended up having the, uh, the, the triumvirate of James Harden, Robin Lopez, and Clay Thompson. Uh, what, for the, the rapid-fire trivia question, what do all three of those players have in common? Say one more time robin lopez james harden and clay thompson
1: huh Pac 12
0: all pack 12 players yes very good it. yeah yeah Stanford,
1: so arizona state and wazoo i knew it yeah
0: yeah exactly so this is a one underrated thing in my nba fandom is that for whatever reason you know it was right when the sonics were leaving seattle was when i was in college and I went to college at Wazoo there. And it was kind of like the golden era of Pac-12 basketball. Mm-hmm. Like you had these Marty Lunin um, and uh, Ty Porter, Oregon teams, Nick Young, USC teams, you know, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, UCLA, Harden, Pendergast at Arizona State, Lopez Twins at Stanford. WSU was a Sweet 16 team with Tony Bennett as the head coach, Harden at ASU. Like, I mean, we were talking like seven of the 10 teams making the tournament each year that I was in college there. And for whatever reason, like, I've just kind of followed along with those guys. They're all my age. We were all in college at the same time uh, and have just kind of loved all of them the whole time. And, you know, when Clay got drafted, it kind of became, you know, I just followed the Pac-12 guys throughout, like, all of the NBA, too. So so that would be the kind of, like, little bonus New York Times crossword puzzle overarching hint for the whole series for me is getting to follow the, the last remnants of that <laughs> mid you know, 2006 to 2010 era of the Pac pack 10 at that time.
1: Of a non existent entity going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Pour <laughs> uh, one out sadly. for the
0: Conference of Champions.
1: Uh, um, yeah. Interesting. Cool. I forgot. Yeah. That was a pretty good run back then. Uh, Dan, do you have anybody else left on your list here? I
2: do. And I will keep okay. it short and sweet. But um, I actually, this is, it kind of ties into, I'm hoping at some point we'll have a follow up conversation about all-star choices, but um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to go with Mike Conley is my last choice, and oh, the reason why okay. I is you. he... I, this is my, my spicy take for the day. I actually think he is why uh, the T-Wolves are as good as they are this year, um, in that he knows how to throw lobs to Rudy Gobert, um, <laughs> yeah. and he's just one of those glue guys, and yeah, I, it would be really interesting. Like He's a vet. He's been in the league a long time, was on... I don't know how many times he's been an all-star, but he's definitely been a been once. a very good player. But he's once okay, well, been a very good player for quite a while, consistently good player. And then he's on, you know, the tail closer to the tail end of his career, you could say. But but still, like definitely the heady veteran presence. And you you have him on a team. Like uh, I think it was. I agree with earlier. We were talking about how Netflix was smart to choose Ant. Like you want some of those guys that are flashy and up and coming, and you can tell they're going to be. In a couple of years, Ant's going to be one of the best five, I would say probably going to be one of the best five players in the league. Mm-hmm. It's smart to pick someone like that, but I think it would be actually really interesting to see someone like Conley's perspective on being on a team that is, like, the t Wolves actually have expectations this year. They're playing really mm-hmm. well. Their record is really good. Their defense is amazing. But, like, I actually think he guys like him are the secret ingredient on why a team like that is overachieving to some extent. So it'd be interesting to see his perspective on that also because i think the chemistry on that team is all kinds of weird so (laughs) oh yeah be a fly on the wall for some of that
1: yeah i think he's a one-time all-star and he was a replacement i believe is a thing because he was i think the thing was he was like never an all-star people like how's mike conley never been an all-star but it was like yeah, but when you compare him to other guards in the league, it's kind of hard to make it in, because he's he's just, you say he's a glue guy type of
2: player. And the, I mean, the West was always, like, you look at the guards in the West back when he was in his prime, and it's understandable why he never made it, but he was one yeah. of those guys, that even if you're going to argue he's never been all-star caliber, he's definitely been, like, right up against that ceiling. Oh, yeah. Right, he's been yeah. a very good guard for a long time.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, he would have been a all- multiple-time all-star if he'd been playing on a team in the Eastern Conference oh, during that God, same time yeah. period. Oh, God, you know
1: Oh, God, yes. Um, yeah, and... Uh, I, I wish, I do wish when we when he got traded that one time and I, we like talked about it for like two minutes and I was like I I barely we barely talked about it and I was like yeah I think I kind of like it It seems interesting like he'll actually throw the ball to Gobert and then we just kind of moved on and <laughs> I wish we talked about it where I don't think any of us saw him making that much of a difference for that team just kind of organizing it and get everything going
0: and right. um, it's such a hilariously like genius and simple move in retrospect like our offense doesn't really work with Gobert. We don't know what to do with him. I guess we'll we just go trade guard. for the point guard that played with him for the past like six years. Like, and it's, it's a funny
2: segue because we were just trashing on D'Lo, and that's like they got rid of D'Lo and added yeah. Mike Conley, and you're
0: like, oh, look, our offense works again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you guys, fascinating. Do you,
1: do you remember that the Lakers rerouted Mike Conley in that deal? Like They could have just had him.
2: They could have just had him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was that's a whole discussion that uh, I want to say that they had on the low post is like you know of all the what ifs, right? Like, what if they just kept him because he's yeah. a perfect fit for that team? But
1: his money was better too. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's whatever. the The front office decisions on the Lakers are so many, I had so many head scratching yeah. things for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, late GM is unpredictable, so it's like it's really hard to know what's going on there ever because like. Is LeBron calling shots? Is Palinka calling shots? Because sometimes it seems like it's Palinka, and then sometimes it seems like it's LeBron, and then it kind of goes back and forth. And it's like uh, you just never know what's going on with that team. So um, I like I like the Conley choice. Um, and and as you said, we get we get a really interesting Timberwolves team, a team that last year played better than I think we thought, and then had that sort of uncompetitive, competitive series <laughs> against the Nuggets. Um, So they, you know, it was like the arrow was pointing up and then this year, obviously, they're really good. So it's like, what's yeah. that like to go from...
2: Well, and, and, yeah. and you don't accidentally have one of the two or three best de- defenses in the NBA. That is not a thing that just like Correct. you stumble into, right? That is clearly like they've got a good coach, they've got a system, they're buying in. Like, that is a thing that is sustained mm-hmm. and we're halfway through the season. You can you can say at this point they are one of the best defensive teams. So yeah. it's interesting, yeah. right? But uh, I I also don't th- I know a lot of other people rolled their eyes. I don't think that uh, Denver was blowing smoke when they said that that was a tough matchup for them. Is like, I do think that like when they're you playing best, that team is not got to be freaking annoying to play against. They're all annoying big to and play, they can- and
0: they they yeah. don't have anybody to guard Ant either. Like I mean, just, just, oh, just yeah. don't do, like it. Do, do You guys make sense. Either
2: freaking. Uh self lob he threw off the backboard yesterday. No, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, he he's like a a bigger Dwayne Wade or something. Like in the terms of like he has that that burst of speed and the athleticism, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. some of the stuff he does, you're just like, how is that even possible? Yeah,
1: he he was really good. He's he's benefited a lot, I think, from that uh, from the FIBA as well. Um, yeah, I know we t- we t- we did. Remember, did we do it? We talked about FIBA a few times and we were discussing like who's going to be the player who like benefits the most from like um the the international experience because specifically with Team USA because the answer is um Daniel Tice, but (laughs) um (laughs) uh I I think uh, Halliburton has benefited a lot from it and I think Ant has benefited a lot from it. I think some of the other players, I'm not sure if there's anybody else that I really would have said has.
2: Really, yeah. unless I mean, you're... Reeves got exposed by like every like every Balkan team's point guards posting yeah. him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's everybody got great. to
0: see Laurie Bird do his thing, which was fun. But oh, I don't yeah. know. If... Yeah. yeah. So, um, I I just since we were talking Ant here, I'm just gonna tie it back into the real Netflix documentary for a second on him since he's in it. Mm-hmm. I I think when we were very first you know, talking about this just in our text chat when it came out, I kind of joked that like the LeBron bits of it might just be like too filtered. Um, There's a chance. Like LeBron has some very interesting things. Like if we actually get to see like the film sessions and Wine Mom LeBron and stuff, that's going to be great. Taco Tuesday! Exactly. (laughs) But like he, he has such like a image that he tries to project it's like it's like yeah. russell wilson times 10 even with lebron like we're only gonna see what he exactly wants us to see he's i, be like an be, producer, I yeah. would not be surprised if we get something kind of similar from matt with ant this year because he's had just enough like off court oh, problems yeah, recently some bad tweets.
1: yeah some
0: bad tweets some videos you know what i mean like uh, these things that if if his PR team is smart, they are going to give him the absolute, like, glow-up edit on this show and just make sure that he is doing nothing when Netflix cameras are around other than being, like, incredibly wholesome and playing with his dog. Oh, yeah. Not that that might not be who he is anyway, but <laughs> I would not be surprised if, like, Ant tries to come off as well as possible in this documentary to try to rehabilitate that, like, rough-around-the-edges image that he's unfortunately crafted for himself up to this point.
1: Yeah, he's had a bit of a uh, couple of rocky <laughs> decisions over over the past couple of years. Uh, he, he probably needs to, uh, he just needs, I mean, he's young, he needs somebody to like kind of right. And
0: especially because he's like, like Dan keeps saying, like he's about to ascend to that superstar level. Like everybody, like anybody that follows the NBA feels that. Like this is the time mm-hmm. to, you know, craft the image differently, I think, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen.
1: Yes, I could see. Yeah, I could see him going for the narrative play. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good call um, on that one. I mean, I, I'm sure we'll see. Like Tatum will be hanging out with Deuce all the time too. Um, not that it doesn't seem like he to hang out with Deuce a lot anyway, because he brings him like everywhere. So it's not like I'm like, oh, he's playing it for the camera. But I'm sure we'll see Dad Tatum a lot as well. Um, so, yeah, interesting choice for Conley. Uh, interesting team for the uh, the Wolves. Uh, as well, um, mm-hmm. so I, we did we did successfully stall long enough for me to do the last player that we're going to talk. Uh, there's no, but nobody else has anybody left, right? I think oh, I'm the only person.
0: I'm spent. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, I was stalling as long as I could because of a curt game playing because it was yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk. I was going to be dependent on how mad I was going to be. Basically, uh, but the last player um that I'm going to officially submit before I read you guys my insane long list here in the categories I have them is Damian Lillard you mentioned him earlier Sheldon. Yep. um so uh we can go for on the court stuff first obviously uh he was played for so long I- at one team um in Portland and now he's on the Bucks a totally different environment a totally different structure uh obviously the biggest thing is he was the big dog on Portland. And guess what? You're playing with a two-time MVP and a finals MVP. It's his team, right? You know? Uh, and not only that, um th- there's another guy in that who kind of runs stuff on that team too, Middleton. Like, Giannis and Middleton set the tone and run that team. We know because Drew Holiday told us, like, uh, in an interview one time when he got traded to that team and they were like, what it was it like, and he was like, Giannis and Chris said, Hey, this is how we do things in Milwaukee. Is this how it's going to be? And he was like, okay. So we know that, like, those two guys run the culture of that team. Um, so, like, it's not Dame's team. It's Giannis's team, you know, and then Chris's mm-hmm. team. So, uh, what's that dynamic like as a guy who was the alpha? I mean, he's a top... He has an NBA 75 guy, so we know he's he's got a lot of great moments. What's it like to be going into a new environment like that where you're um, not... I mean, just last year, he was, like, the best player on that team, and really great to now being like, that's not your role on the team anymore. How is that an adjustment for a veteran player? Um obviously the Bucks are having an interesting season, I would say. <laughs> they are second in the East right now. Oh, uh, boy, guys. Uh I well well let's punt let's punt my butt, my my overall Bucks <laughs> thoughts for a little bit here before we get too into the weeds. But um a turbulent season, to say the least. Uh you have the new head coach and Griffin who We've talked multiple times in chat. But yeah, they basically had, like, the, uh, the full mutiny from Terry Stotts where he uh, left the team. We had too many mutinies where they were like, we can't play this suicidal defense, go back to the drop. And then we had the uh, Portis one, too, where he's like, you got to, like, coach more in, in crunch time. You can't just stand there. Um, so things are not hot on that. <laughs> uh, I, that's an understatement for sure.
2: Mm. Um, when Bobby Portis is giving your level-headed take, that's uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, my god, that's People's a jam. good look, right? Ah, uh,
1: yeah. So, so like, and they have huge expectations. Like, they're they're expected to compete for a title this year. Um, you don't make a trade like that if you aren't. That's not the ultimate goal. Um, so a high expectation team with some veteran a veteran laden team with some weird stuff going on. That's the the on court stuff that would be so fascinating. And then um, we also know that like Dame and Giannis meet a lot to talk about offense and what they need to run. And so, what what's, what are those meetings like when they're talking? Like, I guess we—I don't want to say it right, but uh, Giannis sometimes frustrates me. He clearly doesn't want to set enough screens. Papa, we'll get to that. But uh, um, and then, of course, um, off the court too, Damian—he's like recently divorced. He's in a new city. He's kind of going through stuff. So it's like um, I think that's from a. Off the court narrative, you know, obviously humanizes him, but it's like that's also part of the whole package too. It's, like, what's it like to be a recently divorced dad in a new city, going through all this stuff? Um,
0: it's not good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he's having the most fun. I mean, we just uh, just recently they posted the pictures of him. He he got, he was back with his kids, and he was like, and he had a he had an Instagram post recently again where he was like, you know, it's all good now, whatever. He's got his kids again, so like, um, you know, he's also got. It's not just basketball with him, right? Because that's the other thing too. Yeah. Is you can't just have a it. You can, but if everybody's all just all basketball all the time, it's a little boring for the non-basketball fans we love it like i'd watch lebron watch film for two hours straight i don't give a crap right (laughs) i don't think
0: (laughs) that it was the huge problem with the tennis documentary that netflix did it was 100 tennis and they didn't get to follow any of like the world number one type players for that one so that hurt Mm -hmm. too but like show us some of the stuff that they do like make it interesting yeah we need the off the court stuff for sure
1: yeah and the bucks uh the bucks just Defeated the the mighty Pistons one forty one to one thirty five. My God, they were losing a lot of this game. So we, I punted Dane because if we were gonna, if the Bucks were gonna lose, we we're gonna have, to have a long like rant for me about <laughs> the state of the team. But they won, so uh, we will uh, we can get it, but we don't have to have it as I mean,
2: spicy. That in itself says says something about your angst this year that you were you were having to you know yes hold off yeah. on the outcome of the Detroit. <laughs>
0: You get to play them again on Monday.
2: <laughs> I can't even finish the sentence without laughing. It's just yeah. I'm sorry. They're not a good basketball team.
1: No, they're not. It's uh they're a mess. Like defensively, um It's bad. It's horrible. They just don't have I think we talked about the last one, is like when they made that dame trade, not only did they take Drew out, but they they readjusted everything so quickly that they didn't build a roster with Damian Lillard as the the lead guard in mind. So it's like they have this. Roster where it's like Drew is on the team, uh, so it doesn't really quite fit together. Like, he needs mm-hmm. to stop playing starting Beasley. Like, he's just, yeah, he's like the second best three point shooter in the year behind your favorite guy, Dan, number one three point shooter in the league, Grayson Allen. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but like, Portis has stunk this year, Connaughton's not been very good. Um, Crowder missed a bunch of seasons, but he's also kind of washed. It's like
2: I'm going to tie this into the Warriors conversation, though. I do think we're in the middle of a sea change in the NBA where I think that there mm-hmm. were teams that were powerhouses like year in, year out. Um, and I think that's starting to change. I mean, obviously, the Celtics are ascendant right now with some of the offseason changes they made, but like I think the Bucs are. Looking kind of old in the tooth, the warriors are looking mm-hmm. old in the tooth, a lot of the like the Lakers are looking old in the tooth it, it just there's teams that were dominant say two years ago that look very vulnerable right now mm-hmm.
1: yeah um I mean, we've talked about it at Nazi but I would love to see the Bucks fight at Griffin. he doesn't seem to know how to run this defense yeah. like he puts the the problem is um he it reminds me of uh you know like when there's like international. St- Soccer coaches, that's different than coaching a club team, because a club team, you can choose your players' An international team. You kind of just like, well, I-, I was born with a lot of guys who were good at left-back. <laughs> I-, I can't play them all at left-back. Uh, so you got to kind of just coach to, like, what your your talent is. And and he, maybe his strategies are good. Maybe his designs are good. We don't know. But, like, they don't fit this roster, so you can't run them. Like, you- they can't trap high because their guys just can't rotate quickly enough and get back. It's like it's just, he puts his guys into really poor positions um they obviously don't trust him i mean we've had enough quotes basically to be like where the players don't think he knows what he's doing um he's he to me he's been teetering on the edge of like uh if they had lost that celtics game uh where they blew him out like uh because of the back-to-back stuff and they were just hot or whatever but like if they had lo- gotten blown on that celtics game and they just have not been impressive lately. Uh, and again tonight, if they had like lost tonight too, it's like, man, like they they're slow. They don't get back on D. And you
2: transition. see what Nick Nurse has done with Philly, and like, uh, yeah, exactly. There. Exactly. exactly. Like, man, I don't think your coach is a good NBA coach. I'll just I'll just put it you know put that fine of a point on it
1: yeah as of now yeah i think he's not i mean like we said maybe maybe in a few years he could be but he's not a good coach for this team right now and they can't they can't waste time with it i mean the window is now you can't spend the time being like oh we'll take two years for him to learn how to coach it's like yeah by then the team is totally out of contention it's like they have to win now you can't wait for that so it's like they need to oh the problem is like if they get rid of him during the season who do you like you think Prunty is the guy? I mean, he's coached the team previously when they fired Kid, funnily enough, but it's like uh, were they gonna try to get Stotts to come back? It's like uh, you, I don't
2: I don't my know. spicy take for you. I think Will Hardy, the jazz coach, would be an amazing mm-hmm. coach for your team. Not that you can get him right now, but um, Oh well yeah, that's he'd be the kind of he coach makes like coach every team would be yeah. like fantastic for you guys.
0: Belichick and Saban are available. I think you're shot.
2: Yep. And uh, and we can
1: um replace the NASIS with Pete Carroll, because he just stands on the sideline and cheers anyway, exactly Perfect. as the Nassis. So we can just have him take our veteran minimum slot instead, because he's about as useful as the Nassis. So <laughs> um I think uh stots I wouldn't be surprised to see come in. Um I know their three final candidates when they had the position were Nurse, Griffin, and Atkinson. Um I wouldn't be surprised to see atkinson next year on the bench uh he did a good job in brooklyn previously uh he's done a pretty good job in golden state he's a former bud guy so it's like you have a little bit of that like structural continuity which they're missing they think turns out i hate to say this this is funny um if they had kept Drew holiday i think it would have been better to have adrian griffin by trading for damian lillard they should have kept bud because bud would have figured it out Yeah. <laughs> um, because he, he, he's just a much smarter basketball coach. He would have been able to figure something out at least of how to yeah. like, get things to work. They would some still have in the postseason, but <laughs> I would have felt better.
2: Some of it is timing too. If they had traded, and maybe they couldn't have, but if they had traded for Dame earlier because they traded for him late enough that they had yeah. basically zero prep time for the season.
1: That's what I feel like too. I, it, it's hard to say because like we don't... I, I read some of the reports that came out when it was kind of like the Bucks just kind of seemed like, oh, this might be able to happen and like they got into the war room and, and worked it out. But it's like, yeah, it, I wish they had been able to do it a month sooner, you know? And I, Honestly, if they'd been able to do it like way earlier then like it figured out their minimums better and stuff like that and like they could have targeted different players and been like, well, we know our weakness is going to be we can't defend on the perimeter because we couldn't really anyway <laughs> and now we took away our best perimeter defender. We need to like really think about this. Um, you know, they could have tried to have moved like someone like Connaughton or Portis before the season where I think they had more value too because I don't think those right. guys are playing very well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's frustrating because it's funny. I'm telling you guys we're really amassing the Bucks, and it's like, uh, Eric, your team is uh, 18 and 22, not yep. in the play- playoffs. Dallas is 24 and 18 and 6 and the Bucks are 28 Or no, the twenty nine and thirteen right now, and second in the East. So like, they're they have a puncher's chance. Like if Porzingis gets injured for the Celtics, it's like yeah, the Bucks have a shot, but they just look, they just look not good enough right
0: now. And it's uh,
2: it's not just about records. There are games you guys have lost that you had no business losing, honestly. Yeah, and, and it's, today, it's more about it's how they
0: look than the yeah, standings, exactly. really. One, like, they're, like, they've like they done nothing up to this point that lets me believe in them in a seven-game playoff series against Boston, which is the no. goal. Like, if for a exactly. team that feels like they have to win a championship, they do not feel like they have what it takes to win a championship right now.
1: I agree. The, o- the,
0: the expectations thing- versus the reality of them is is where the disconnect is.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was the whole thing when when uh, Giannis gave that, like, failure speech or whatever, and I was like, yeah, but you guys were the number one seed. Your, expe- your expectation was to make a finals, and you guys didn't even get close to that. It's like, you can't say it wasn't a failure, when it's like, yep. even you, Giannis, would have expected to have gone to the conference finals, at least, but uh, that's the only positive for them, is Giannis playing out of his mind, guys. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's, um, we'll talk about it when we get to, to All-Star, based on who we, we're voting, but it's like, he's not really, he's, he's, well, I guess Embiid is probably not going to be eligible based on, like, forecasting. It's going to be hard for him to make 65 um, games, so he's probably going to be out of it. But it's like, people are really not talking about Giannis. and his, his numbers are crazy. He doesn't do even more than what he's had to do in the past, and he's uh, really performing at a high level. So, like, um, I guess that's the, that's the thing. It's like, if Giannis is just going to go off and go ham on some team and annihilate him... I guess I can beat anybody because Giannis is that good that if he's gonna scorch you for like fifty points on maximum efficiency and you know play make play defense, I guess he's that good. But mm-hmm. can you get that for two months straight? Probably not. You know. So <sighs> okay, we got we got the Bucks angst and panic out of the way here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let's make our picks here for um, our five. Oh. Hang on here. Before we make our picks, I got to read my categories here, so you guys can laugh at them. Um, so I'll read you just quickly my long list here. I had my my first group was internet weirdos, so just people who have like weird internet personalities who've been weird on the internet. I had Grady Dick because he got all his TikToks. Uh, Josh Hart and I kind of co- combined him with Jalen Brunson. Um, I had Giannis on there, and then I had uh, I had Brooke Lopez. You could just slash Robin, so similar. Uh I had Chaos Central. Uh we could have put any of these guys on the show, even though I would have, because they would you just couldn't air it. Um none of their episodes would air, but I would want these guys to be on it. Uh Draymond Green, obviously. Um mm. yeah. he's like he would be the number one pipe dream guy, but you just couldn't put anything that he, <laughs> that happened with him on TV. Um John Morant. Uh although that one kind of got sad because he got injured again. But um <laughs> uh I had Zion on this one, and then um I believe. In the justice system uh, of America can solve problems, so we can we can solve the Zodiac killer case by having Grayson Allen on this, on the TV That's show. Just, you
2: <laughs> gotta trigger me so much.
1: <laughs> um, I had guys with weird the weird hobby guys. So I had Jokic the horse thing, Turner, uh, Clay Thompson we talked about, and Boban because uh, of the acting thing. Uh, I had uh what is going on with you? <laughs> it's basically just what I call this category. Ben Simmons. Uh, do you guys, Is this guy play basketball? <laughs> like,
2: I don't think he does. Anyone.
0: I don't believe so. No,
1: uh, I haven't seen it uh, recently. I had uh, Jordan Poole, Cause like, Oh, that was oh on my that's lid. a
0: good one.
2: <laughs> that was on
1: my Man.
0: list.
2: I would so hate watch that. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Because, uh, like, what the hell's going on there with, with, just... with him? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs>
1: And then, um, late, late addition, but, um, I, I put DeAndre Ayton on. We could get this, uh, how was, uh, driveway was too icy. He couldn't go to the game.
0: <laughs> Dude yeah that's a funny story like but portland and seattle are horrifying when they ice over so i get it but it I is very it, funny but... as somebody that lives in montana you know it was like i said it was negative 25 degrees here yeah. in my town the day that that was happening to them and like i still drove to the store but I, I understand it's a completely different thing but it's just hilarious that like an entire nba team couldn't get somebody out of their suburban neighborhood uh, I know. <laughs> um, it's so for a game it's just funny Yeah, Uh,
1: he's also been an enigma this year, too. So this is kind of like my enigma group, I guess Um, I had uh, I'm old and things are weird. And so I had uh, Kevin Durant, uh, Mm -hmm. Damian Lillard, James Harden and Russell Westbrook in that Mm -hmm.
2: group. Um, I had look at that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I thought Russ, because because he's now the kind of diminished guy and he's had to kind of move his role from being a starter to a a bench guy could be interesting. Um, That's why I picked him. Um, come join me in my boring city. <laughs> I had Chet Holmgren, uh, mm. uh, Carl Anthony Towns, because I, I, I had Ant in here, but I was like, well, we I can't pick him because he's already in the the, the pool. So I was like, well, I'll pick somebody different. So we'll pick Crazy Cat. Um, I thought about Go Bear, but I was like, I don't know if I don't want to hate watch the Go Bear episodes. <laughs> I just I hate him too much, so I don't know if I'd watch him. Yeah. Uh, I had Victor in here. And then I had, uh, Paolo Bencaro as well, mm. uh, in that one. I think, um, interesting team this year to the Magic. Uh, I had the, you think you're hot shit category, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is, uh, starts with Tyler Hero, so kind of similar, like, you get the South Beach, Tyler Hero and South Beach guys, guys, we gotta get it. I, it has to be in the Jimmy episode. <laughs> 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 um, you know he's out there in wild, and I had Pat Bev, uh, Dylan yeah. Brooks? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I also yeah. had
2: Pat Bev on my long list, by the way. Yeah.
1: Um, so Dylan Brooks, because I get, uh the Rockets thing again. Um, and then I had Trey Young, because also that's a really mm. dysfunctional team, too. So it would yeah. be interesting. Um, and he's a good player, but that team is like, what is going on in Atlanta? And then I had um. Come Save Me <laughs> it was, it was this one. And it was Kyle Kuzma. Uh, I, I could have put him in the... Uh, Weird hobbies, one because of his like fashion and the the sweater stuff. But I put him in this category because uh, seeing one of these Drakes team. This is my like Drakes teams. It'd be fascinating to see. And then um I had uh Pistons player. <laughs> I wasn't sure I picked Cade. I guess uh, I guess him is the 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 best player in the team. I thought maybe Bogdanovich, but I don't. He might be kind of boring. Uh, but I was like, what's it like to be on a team that's got a twenty eight game losing streak? <laughs> like.
2: Yeah, I I also had Kate on my long list and it was for one. There was just one mental image I had that would be so amazing is like you show a bunch of highlights of him scoring like 45 points in the game (laughs) and then and then you just slow like and he's sitting there on the couch kind of like staring at the wall and you just hand over to the final score and they lost by 28 points. Yeah.
0: Have you ever seen (laughs) that (laughs) copy pasta on Reddit of Carmelo Anthony? Uh, That's what that reminds me of. It's, you know, it's like him going up for a last-second shot and draining it LeBron's face, and then the final score is, like, Cavs, 106, Knicks, yes. 82, or whatever. Like, uh, you know? Uh, uh, but yes, that gold. that would be hilarious. Be
1: <laughs> that's, like, one where it's, like, that's really tailored to this season. Like, I would never pick the Pistons, but it has to be, if it's this season, it would be so hilarious to be in that locker room of, like, this team that's so desperate to not be that bad. Uh, but is terrible it would be really funny um and then i had uh the Caruso Scott as well alex caruso mm. uh because i i think it's interesting to follow a player uh I, I, we all we all hate the bulls we don't think we don't know the, the hell they're doing but a player who as we kind of mentioned who's in trade rumors so much sure um and a good player too because we know like every contender wants alex caruso <laughs> so like He's linked to so many people. What does what the agent tell you?
2: I'm not exaggerating. Should be trying to get him right now. Yes. I, I, yeah. I firmly believe that. There's no team that's going to do anything in the playoffs that would say like, oh, we wouldn't want him coming off the bench for us in the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah. Hell no. Every team will, Every team wants him and needs, needs him. A guy, uh, the perfect 3 and D guy who
0: yeah. passes the
1: ball too. Um, uh, I guess maybe... How would that go work with the Suns? Um how are they gonna mend the, the fences there? <laughs> um but uh yeah, so I thought I thought from that standpoint Cruz would be interesting um as well. So I guess let's make our picks here, huh? Um so, anybody did, has anybody else they want to mention is a long list guy who would be funny
2: or interesting.
0: Oh, I don't. Do you have any more on your long list honorable mentions, Dan?
2: No, you 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 hit on all the all my long list guys Brad mm-hmm. did already, so yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think if we're crafting a list that has to be a joint list between the three of us, there are two that just jump out to me as kind of obvious ones right away.
1: Okay. and that uh, would be read, let's read. Let's read. Oh, our sorry. List.
0: And then we'll okay. do this
1: so people know who we got. Is our... because I got to come from this pool here. I think So we have uh, okay. Josh Hart, Robin Lopez, Boban, Victor, uh, Wijnne Yama, Tyrese Halliburton, Jokic, Miles Turner, James Harden, Grand Theft Elvirodo. Klay Thompson, Mike Conley Jr. and Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who who would you who are your two? I think we know who your two locks are. But go ahead and say my it. two
0: locks feel like Weminyama. Just feels like a yep. a lock. I think all of us really liked talking about him, and it just seems very interesting. And then Dan and I both had brook slash robin lopez and then you had him on the long list too and i just think that especially if we can voltron them together as the the twin pairing and just say we have Brooke and robin as as one of them that seems like kind of a no-brainer yep follow for us as well Uh, okay i can do
1: this i think then that means we don't pick a dame i think correct probably
0: Uh, yeah i mean we can we can discuss it but yeah that that was what that was the decision i made when crafting my personal list so i would agree with that but i'm not married to the idea
1: um i think josh hart i think we gotta have
2: i feel like what do you guys think about yeah i I got no complaints
0: for that i think it's a good choice i think he i think
1: he would be an interesting guy the only (laughs)
0: reason i didn't put him on my list was because when we talked about it uh, on the text chat beforehand we we you know you and I went back and forth quite a bit, yeah, and I figured you were going to put him on yours, so yeah, yeah because I, cause I, I, I picked him, him and my... then you were like, "Oh, that's, yeah, that's a really a good pick, pick so yep. yeah,
1: um I think, how do you guys feel about clay
2: he was he was on my long list as well, so i i'm I have no problem with that, and i yeah. I really like his dog, so I'm a sucker
0: for cute dogs, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean I I really I'm li-
1: I really like having the uh, well that team and then also I think the past as prime elite player I think is interesting. So okay. and Ooh, I think he'd be good on TV. Hurtful so.
2: when you see it that way.
1: I know it, it sucks to say, but
2: the NBA cliff is a brutal thing because like it I just is. like he looked so good in their championship year and that was not that long ago. And then he does not look very good right now. And it's just crazy <laughs> you, how that happens. you don't even have to go
0: back that far. Even when Steph was injured last season, like so like January, mm-hmm. February, March of last year, he carried that team to keep yeah. them in. Playoff contention, basically, yeah, like he, like he was still literally like the offensive weapon for the Warriors <laughs> for like a two and a half month stretch yeah, last sad. season. This is yeah, make
2: you feel old.
0: And yeah, sad. lower body injuries, I guess, and age. Just, yep yeah, they they catch you. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm I'm worried about Dame for that.
0: Uh, no, you should be
2: honestly. Like yep. he's not as consistent under, anymore. Undersized guards do not age well in the NBA.
1: Yeah, um. So. Our remaining, we got to pick one more guy here. We have Boban, Halliburton, Jokic, Turner. Uh, so we can only really choose one between Halliburton and Turner if we do. A uh, Harden, Alvarado, Conley. And I think if we're going to pick Robin, I think we should drop Dame probably. Mm-hmm. I think having yeah. two bucks on there, you get too much overlapping.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, you, don't, you don't want duplicates of a given team. I agree. Right. Yeah. Um, so
0: my top two from that bunch would be probably Jokic and Harden if if yeah. we got, since we are not following any of the like crazy big names from contenders, I think we should. Yeah. And okay. like I, you know, I obviously had Harden on my list and, and talked about it a lot, and I think I kind of discounted Jokic because I thought too much in my head about him not ever in a million years doing it. But again, if this is fantasy land where he mm-hmm. is happy to have the Netflix cameras there, then like he, he rockets up my list of people that I'd be just fascinated to have.
2: I, I chose him because I knew it would never work in reality. That's, but that's makes right. me want to see him that much more on a, on that kind of a format. Yeah. Um, I, I think Harden is good. And I think that regardless, like having a clipper is good because I think that team would yes. be like, like, because we're, we're also in the hypothetical where we're saying this season, not, you know, next season, which we know nothing mm. about, mm-hmm. and this season, I think the Clippers are a fascinating team. So I think Harden's a good choice.
1: I would lean towards Harden for, because cool. of the team. I think I think Clippers are such a fascinating, uh, and I forgot about the Balmer factor too.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, such a weirdo.
1: Yeah, I I think that's such a weird, interesting team right now, uh, and looking really good. So like also as you've because we're trying to predict the head to potentially like they could be in a finals they could be out on the first round we have no idea what's what the what this team is going to be right we have no idea who's going to be on it for day one of the playoffs like who's going to be healthy and mm-hmm. no, no idea so um also uh no one mentioned this it's really important what if somebody makes Kawhi leonard laugh <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a fun guy <laughs> he is a yeah fun board, guy. board
1: man uh what would
0: Warman gets paid?
1: What would that be like for the general public to hear that? And um how would they react?
0: <laughs> right. That's and a- like you you get part of the bobon factor there too if they just give us, you know, one 30 second clip of Kawhi holding things, like give him a, a <laughs> oh, baseballer yeah. or an orange or something like that, and just watch the average person just become horrified at the claw there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh so yeah. Um I think we're pretty happy with our list here, yeah.
2: Yes. I am obviously
0: happy since it sounds like uh 4 out of the 5 were straight cherry picked off my list, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yep, I'm on board. Works lines, for me. So. Yeah.
1: Um so I, I I guess uh as NBA fans, it was it was kind of like we knew what teams would be fun to do and like the players too, so I'm not that surprised that we kind of had like a lot of overlap or similar thought lines um for players. So For the listeners to recap, our Netflix TV show lineup, sans any of the five players who are actually going to be in it, um, is going to be Josh Hart of the New York Knicks, Robin Lopez of the Milwaukee Bucks, Victor Wembenyama of the San Antonio Spurs, James Harden of the, I guess we would technically get him on the Sixers to start the season, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So of the Sixers and the Clippers, and then Clay Thompson of the Warriors. And question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so that would be our casting for who we'd like to see on the TV show. Um, that would be a good show, guys. What can I say? <laughs> Hire us, Netflix, for season two.
0: <laughs> right. After we finish our stint as the Pistons GM, oh, yeah. this That's should right. be our next basketball-related job. And then
2: after this, we're going to be the triumvirate coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. No,
1: that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need I'm gonna need jobs after the after this Netflix job after we are the Pistons coach and I get fined like five hundred thousand dollars for all of my rants where I'm like Mike Brown, but I'm like, here's here's me with a leapfrog. Here's so, me with a zoom. Saying,
2: you you gotta you gotta up it from laptop. You gotta bring out like a like a zoom or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like here's me in a micro <laughs> on microfilm. Yeah, I just bring out like all these like crazy things and just like try yeah, to like we out
2: it. a refrigerator and showed the replay on a refrigerator that would be the <laughs> yep. greatest NBA prank of all time
1: work with Miles Turner get Lego together <laughs> here's me the Lego guys reenacting what happened yep um, so yeah I'm gonna need future jobs anyway to make up for all my fines so we gotta gotta keep the pipeline ready so. excellent perfect <laughs> uh, so thanks for joining me guys it was fun um, this was fun yeah, that that was a fun exercise too. I thought um, thinking about some of the other stuff about the league than just straight up talking teams because we did a little bit too. But that was fun. Um, I hope the listeners enjoyed. I hope they made it all the way to the end here of this insanity, um, as usual. And the tentative plan is that um, everybody, as vo- Eric, have you voted for your ballot yet? Yes, I have. Okay is that all three of us have voted for our all-star ballot. And then on the next episode, the plan is that we will reveal to each other who we voted on the all-star ballot. Could be, it could be interesting. And then we'll, that will let us talk about some, where that some of these teams are. We did a little bit this here too, but, um, that will be hopefully the premise of the next episode, which should be quite interesting. Um,
2: I'm Eric, nervous you know, that my choices are going to end up looking dumb like in the intervening time
0: because I voted <laughs>
2: oh, two oh, days for sure. ago.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. That's how it works.
1: I know, that's what's going to be tough because you have to submit oh, this weekend because we're around the, uh, it's January 20th. You have to submit I think tomorrow is the last day or, to vote, I think. And so if we record in, like two weeks, it's like, oh, it turns out we saw like Kawhi Leonard go for like 30 points for every single game and none of us put him on the bounce and so now we'd be like idiots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, That's what's gonna happen. So, um, I'm sure we'll clown on ourselves plenty when that happens. So, anyway, thanks, guys. It was fun as always.
2: Fun. Yep. Thank you.
1: All right. See you next time, listeners.